What's up, listeners? Thanks for tuning in. It is September 21st, 2020. It is a brisk 54 degrees. I'm rolling into the city. Traffic ain't that bad. Um, that's not good. You know, um, that means that, you know, we're not back to normal yet. We're not close to normal. Um, hopefully I'll look back at these podcasts and they'll be like some sort of journal for me when I'm, um, when I'm older and just, just kind of just listening to the stories that have gone on for the last seven months. It's been crazy. I mean, you know, you, you start off the year, you get engaged. It's an amazing feeling. You know, you, you look at just so many things lined up, so many opportunities and this happens and it just changes everything. But, um, this has taught me to be more accepting to change and realizing that I can't fix everything. I can't just work hard and things will go out of the way. This is the kind of thing that you really don't have control over. You're, you're leaving it up to the, the, the science and luck and fate. And it's made me a less more controlling person, I would say. Um, and I, you need to be more like that. I'm reading this book, uh, 12 Things Mentally Tough People Do. And one of them for sure is to kind of, you know, work on that controlling aspect of yourself because it just makes you angry all the time and um, you're kind of a dick. So, yeah, I mean, week two, again, it's odd watching football. We, you know, no fans. You got to, you know, got to imagine a game like last night with the Pats, uh, the 12th man in Seattle plays a huge difference in that game. But they didn't have that, so you can't make that excuse for the Pats losing. Um, but I'll touch on that. We'll go over some of the things that happened over the weekend. Uh, talk about the death of Ruth Bade Ginsburg and some other things. So here we go. Um, first thing we want to talk about is the Patriots. Actually, let's talk about my last podcast. Okay. I drank a lot of coffee. I'm not drinking. All right. I, it's day 28. I haven't drank at all, I have, like I said, in my at, at, that I ended in my last podcast. I've tried all this non-alcoholic shit, and it's actually helped a lot. Just kind of simulate drinking, um, and my podcast last week was just super. Like I was just like verbal diarrhea. I had a coffee on the way down. No, I'm not doing any sort of uh, cocaine before my pod because that wouldn't be considered, uh, you know, being healthy. So, if I talk too fast in the last one, my bad. I was just trying to get that shit done. It was a long podcast, but, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, 28 days. I'm laser focused. Just been sleeping great. I'm getting shit done. I've put up so many damn shelves in my house for storage uh, that, you know, I got two more projects of shelves. I'm just like the shelf guy now. So, if you need a shelf, give me a call and I will hook you up with a wire shelf, hook you up with just a normal wooden shelf. You just let me know what kind of brackets you need. Give me a call and I got you, bro. Okay. Take care of it. And these are the things I do during quarantine. I, I'm just looking at projects to keep myself busy and it works. I mean, I'm excited. Like I, today I got to go back to Home Depot. I'm looking for a stud finder. Okay. Little things like that. They do help you get through all this shit. And keeps you from being so bored that you want to break open a case of treehouse IPAs and just start ripping them. And then, you know, feel like dog shit in the morning and then all that continues. So, I recommend anyone, you got to do a 30-day cleanse. It's so good for you just to realize what you 
need to do. I think that um, if you're in your 30s, it's just so tough to bounce back. I mean, my knee still hurts. My toe from like five months ago is still sore. So you just it, you don't have recovery time like you used to. And you mix that with drinking two, three times a week or even just a few beers. You're waking up dehydrated. And I, I don't know about you, but my skin's been so damn dry the last week because of the cold weather. If I added like four actual beers that dehydrated me, I'd be fucked. I mean, coffee alone dehydrates people. So it, just try it, you know, and luckily I have great friends. You know, you find out who your friends are when you do quit shit like that. If your friends just want you to be that drunken asshole that they love and they can't accept you for being the sober dude, then they're not your real friends. And luckily, I haven't lost any friends during this. People have actually reached out. I've probably been less annoying. So I've probably gained more friends during this than lost. So shout out to my boys and appreciate everybody with the support. We'll see. I mean, I might even go another month. Um... And just because I'm not like the thing about that is you don't look forward to feeling like shit. Like, why is that something that I miss? So I need to just do the math, kind of do the research and see what is practical for me. I mean, if you're under 30 listening to this podcast, you don't relate to me because you guys can bounce back and lose 10 pounds in fucking two weeks. But when you're 30, you got to kind of everything's all about like planning. And I don't know if alcohol can fit into my plan if I'm trying to you know, be successful in terms of just navigating this coronavirus shit. So that's why my podcast was kind of crazy because I'm just, again, focused. I'm in the zone. I'm just going over stuff. Things just keep shooting in my brain and I just kept talking. So um, you might have to hit that like half button on the podcast to slow me down from the last podcast. I might be talking quick on this one too. Who knows? So, yeah, first thing we'll talk about is the Celtics game, game three. Gordon Hayward came back. Um, My good friend Alex, who's a huge support for my podcast and always gives me feedback, you know, told me I also talked too much in the last one. (laughs) His uh, Al D show, you can find that on Apple Podcasts, he really touched on the game two loss and ripped them to shreds. He talked about just the lack of leadership, the teamwork. He was bashing a bunch of players, shitting on Kemba Walker, rightfully so. Um, he had a great take on Marcus Smart. Basically, when Marcus Smart makes shots, then he starts thinking he's a fucking man and just, just forces so many stupid shots, which he did in Game 3, we'll talk about. Um, and I, I really like Alex's take. Alex has played basketball his whole life. He's been a coach. And when it comes to basketball, Alex knows his shit. So it was good to listen to his podcast, get some takes from him and look forward to the game coming up um he usually do does the podcast after the game and it's really really smart basketball talk which then you know you watch the game on game three and the celtics just look phenomenal i mean the again well that's the problem though the first three quarters they look phenomenal in every game and then they start to shit the bed but they pulled it together in game three you know, Gordon Hayward may have not scored that many points, but he was a presence on the court. He was getting more rebounds. He was passing the ball around. You know, one thing that I thought was like frustrating for me was Jalen Brown just wasn't scoring any points um, during those first two games. Like he was, he wasn't the. I remember when it was Jalen, 
and um, Kyrie and those guys, they they just like all of them together were just scoring points. I can't even think of the name. I'm like losing my mind right now. But the three of them were just the scorers, and they were fighting with each other because they all thought they were the best player. And then somehow Jalen kind of just stepped back, let Kemba get up, or um, you know, everybody. It was just frustrating, you know. And I wish that he got better and he actually did in game three where he was pretty dominant he played great defense and scored a lot of points um and it was good to see i mean that was a well-won team game you know they kind of blew it at the um they kind of blew it at the end um and almost lost it but you know luckily tatum is a leader on the court and he held it together for that team hit some big shots and he is the player you need to watch. Um, Tatum, I would say Jalen Brown, most importantly. He's, he's got to step up and finally get back into that role where he was that number two guy um, that after Jalen to drive and fucking score. I, I don't think Kemba, I think Kemba gets a little starstruck and you can see that. Um, he had some, you know, he's trying to look for falls. He's not really finishing as much as he, he does during the regular season. And it gets frustrating. And then you have Marcus Smart who is insanely talented, but you can't put your whole team on this kid's back. Um, he can be a loose cannon sometimes. As you know, there was a huge blowout after game two where there, there was a lot of screaming and people flipping out, which can be good for that team. I mean, they came out the gate, game three, more unified. So sometimes that shit's good. I remember when I was in like high school football, I got into like a scruffle in the fucking locker room. But like we ended up being cool, but sometimes that kind of shit needs to come out before better relationships happen with teammates. So it was just a a really good game to watch. I'm excited for tonight. I I know the Celtics have it in them to win, but you got to keep fucking Tyler Harrow and your boy from York, Maine, and the other kid, and he's from New Hampshire too, uh, Robinson. I mean, that kid's unbelievable. He just, what a story about him, you know, coming from just such a D2 school, local kid you gotta i mean york maine is about an hour away from me where i live and this kid's the real deal he sinks threes i mean for him not to make the all rookie team he he's just like he's like a steve kerr reggie miller type of guy just bang like and if you can't contain him if you can't tee him up if he hits all his shots you're screwed so that is who we need to look at for defense. And then Jimmy Butler had a pretty shitty game. I wouldn't say he was that great on um, on uh, the other night. So tonight's another big game. I'm again. These things get me through the get me through the week. Celtics games. I need them to keep playing. And if I'm the Celtics, I'm pissed off because you gave away those first two games. So tonight's gonna be interesting. I still think the Pats. Um, the, the Celtics have it in them to, um, to to win this series. We'll see what happens. But again, on Aldi, Aldi's podcast, it's hard to hate the Heat. They're a really good team. They play fundamental basketball. It's it's very hard. If the Celtics weren't in the playoffs, the Heat would be a team you'd want to root for because there's a lot of no name. I wouldn't say no names, but there's like Celtics, you know, outcasts like Kelly Olnick and Jay Crowder. And then there's, um, then you got people like uh, these these young kids like Harrow and Robinson that 
just like no names what they're they're all after and then jimmy butler is a stand-up guy like every anytime you hear this guy talk he just gets it he, he's just he's just a guy you would want to on your team and i know the celtics wanted him for a long time and never got to get him but um i give him credit too when credit when credit's due jimmy butler's the real deal finishes the ball well and he they're in the finals for that reason they're and jimmy butler is one of the main guys that has made them get that far so we'll see we'll see um but to touch on college football that's just quick i mean 50 to nothing clemson my buddy a 49 nothing clemson my buddy bet the line um for citadel is plus 50 and actually hit and the crazy part about that game was that they scored you know clemson scored all 49 points in the first half and you know sometimes this is why i hate gambling like (laughs) as a bookie that's got to be a bad beat for you because you're thinking you're you're winning you're gonna beat that so you're probably taking more bets in at halftime for another game and um then that happened so that was just kind of a funny take i don't really follow college football as much i'll probably get into it a little more once the you know the games start to get better and they're not playing scrubs but it's good to see football on sunday and then i mean saturday and then sunday i was like engaged in all the games that were going on fantasy football was just banging off the charts there were so many games that were like interesting to watch really good matchups josh allen stands out amazing game four touchdowns just absolute freak gave you know he just, if you had him on your team he almost had your team on your back 40 points in some of the leagues i'm in and you know aaron jones for the packers another big game there was just some good football i mean kyler murray he's the real deal little dude but he dishes and he's making the Cardinals a better team I mean it's it's interesting to see how these Cardinals would be NFC is kind of up for grabs now you got Garoppolo's out and um you know besides the Seahawks or there's just it's up for grabs Rams look decent you know you don't know with them Raiders won last week and we'll see how they play tonight against the um, the Saints so just a lot of good football yesterday um, a lot of injuries yesterday, and everyone's kind of wondering, is it because of no preseason? I don't think it's that. Um, I think just people get hurt. Uh, and you also have a lot more fields fields with that fake grass, and that's just really bad and historically really bad for people with their ankles, their knees. You know, you get a cleat stuck in one of the grooves and fucking rip your whole leg apart. So that uh, was a big topic this Sunday. Um, you know, Ravens look good. You know, they did they just find ways to win. You know, you drop 31 points against the Texans. That's a, that's a big, it's a big W for them. You're going up JJ Watt and you're still putting up numbers like that. Um, their kicker was on fire and they got a, you know, there's a lot of weird shit going on, especially with fantasy football world. You, you, you think you, you draft a good running back, but then you realize there's like two guys, you know, that they're splitting the ball with, or, um, there's a rookie that may get more playing time. Like, you know, Mark Ingram, for for instance, you know, he luckily got a touchdown, but, and he was a beast last year, but they also have another guy on their team that they're giving the ball to. So sometimes you can really bust with some of these running backs you pick up because you don't know what's behind them and you don't know a shelf life of a running back. So it gets kind of, um, of, a, of a flip there. I mean, I'm lucky I got Fournette like late in the round because he looks like he's going to be the starter for the Saint, uh, for the for the Bucks, 
And again, that's just stuff you just pull out of your ass. You don't know if he's actually going to be the real deal. And it happens during the season. That's why fantasy is just, I don't, I have friends that are consistently good because they do the research, they learn and they almost budget their winnings because they, they, they always seem to win. I'm just not that kind of person. I'm not going to bring my, my fucking laptop or spend hours just scouring players. It's just not me. I'd rather just, it's most of the games are luck anyways. You really can't guarantee everyone's going to put up their projected points, but, um, it just gets, it gets really, really tough at that point. And it was just good games. I mean, the Cowboys pulled that game out of their ass. I mean, that onside kick, I don't know what these guys have been playing football since they were on kids flag football. And you know, when there's an onside kick, grab that ball when it gets you. It's not like a punt where if you touch it, the other team can grab it and then get the ball. You have to, if that ball gets kicked at you, just jump on it. You know, it's, and that's, we've done that practice in high school and to just see that team, the Falcons just kind of shit the bed, you know, 30 seconds left, 40 seconds left on the clock and give the Cowboys that game was just embarrassing for Atlanta. And Matt Ryan's playing a great you know, he's playing well, he's throwing the ball well, but if you're losing games like that on special teams, what, what is it all worth? You know, there's so many years left in Matt Ryan's tank that you don't know what's going to happen with him and his career. One bad injury and he could retire. He's been around for a while, BC grad, you know. And Brady's performance, decent, good, good bounce back game. It wasn't great, but he won. And it looked like Brady, great throws. I was happy to see, once again, I'm rooting for Brady. I'm hoping he wins. And um, let's talk about last night's game, the real deal. Let's talk about all things Boston. Let's talk about the Pats. I don't really, you know, right now on the radio, I'm hearing fucking Greg Hill and Wiggy and, you know, they're bashing it, calling it a great loss. I, I will say that. That was a great loss. I mean, I've never seen such an intense game two, week two of a regular season game that had the type of energy that you would see in a playoff game, a Super Bowl. I mean, Stefan Gilmore with DK Metcalf was like a bar fight the whole game, which, you know, Metcalf stole that throw. You got to give credit to Russell Wilson. He just puts the ball right in the basket and makes it very difficult and they were going after the best cornerback in the league saying you know what let's go for it and that might be the uh, secret sauce to breaking down the Patriots maybe the idea is to actually go after Gilmore and if you can make you know signs of weakness in Gilmore then everything else starts to kind of break apart where you can start tossing the ball around because the other guys aren't as good as Gilmore and it messes with the whole routine because, um, you know, in fantasy football, again, they usually say get the guy that's second on their wide receiver list because if Gilmore is guarding the number one, you're better off playing that person that he's not guarding. So that was amazing to watch. I mean, cheap shot, first quarter, guy gets thrown out of the game. I mean, again, this is the other thing that I, I said about the Patriots. They will not, they don't care about retaliation. They're not going to let you be, let, let themselves beat themselves. You know, normal team, you look at baseball, a pitcher gets, a pitcher hits a batter, the whole team runs out, they start fighting and shit, and that's just like baseball's norm. Well, if the Patriots were a baseball team, they'd get hit, they'd get hit, and they wouldn't do shit about it, and that, because and that, they don't want to lose anybody, 
They don't want any bad penalties, and they're just there to play like classy football and win games. And that's what they did. Their defense, unfortunately, was on the field a little too much. They started running out of gas. Cam had a pretty big interception in the fourth quarter that, that really took him back. You got a bad kicker who can't fucking hit any field goal past 30 yards. A few things that are tough. And Cam's got a tough receiving core too. But if you watched that game last night, there wasn't that much bad stuff you can say about this. I can't go off and rant how bad the Patriots are going to suck this year because you just matched up against the best football team in the league, I will say, the Seattle Seahawks. And you almost won the game. You were down to the three-yard line, and you called a really dumb quarterback sneak, which never works out because it's so predictable because you have Cam, that you lost the game. But besides that, I mean, what a freaking game. I freaking, I don't know what it was. My couch is so damn comfortable that I think it was like eight minutes, six minutes left, maybe five minutes left in the fourth quarter. I dozed off, and I opened my eyes, and it's like two minutes left. Pat scored a touchdown, and they're driving down. I'm like, oh, shit. You know, I'm drinking my Heineken Zero. And, um, man, that was, like, such an exciting ending. You know, obviously, we didn't get the W, but you, you can't you can't really, um, like I said, you can't really bash this team for that game. It was <laughs> something that people wish they could do themselves. And I thought Cam played decent. He was making some really crisp throws, really, like, really sharp, fast, you know, shit that Brady would do, just zip the ball right in. Edelman had a great game, put his body on the line. I don't know how many friggin' games you got left in Edelman if he keeps taking hits like that. He's got to hang it up. And um, Harry's got to get better. He is very, he's like a fucking scarecrow on that field. And they got to start, he's got to start exploding and being more explosive. You look at a guy like DK Metcalf, who is the same frame, you know, very tall, very large, but Metcalf runs like uh, a wide receiver does, where Harry is just like this tall dude who can catch the ball and maybe power run for, he's like, I don't know, he's, he's just a little bit over what a tight end is some of these teams and he's got to get better because you can't I mean that kid bird had a couple of nice routes um, looks like cam cam did spread the ball around which is what we were looking for this game which is great I don't give them a bad grade for this besides just a few bad defensive plays and Russell Wilson just being an absolute freak you got to keep him off the field if you're gonna win so that is uh that's my take it was a great game and tonight you got Saints and um Las Vegas Raiders. So that's going to be another good game tonight to watch. Hopefully, Kamara has another big game for me. And um, they're out with Michael Thomas, so you don't really know what's going to happen. And then last, you know, politics. I, I like to touch about it because, it's, you know, we're, we're about 10 days away from the first presidential debate that I'm absolutely looking forward to. Like, I'm going to have a debate party. There's going to be friggin' snacks and... I'm just going to watch it. It's going to be interesting. Let's hope you know, Biden doesn't you know, choke and say he can't go or he's got a bad cold or, you know, uh, but that's exciting. And, you know, mourning the loss of one of our Supreme Court justices, which, you know, some people are a little overreacting over it. But again, it's a Supreme Court justice. It's very, it's, it's someone who made a lot of changes for women's rights and gay rights and was definitely a humanitarian 
in terms of um, the you know the the court system and made lives more equal, which you can't knock for. I mean, my biggest issue is making this um, pick. So you're basically saying then that you can't pick a Supreme Court justice during your presidency if there's an election year. And to me, I know that happened to Obama when they tried to um, do that. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure the Republicans had the Senate so they were able to veto Merrick Garland as a nominee and now everyone's comparing that to Trump wanting to nominate a another judge for him during a presidency you gotta look at this his first year was plagued with just investigations and everyone trying to take him down his second year same thing his third year same thing his whole his whole presidential experience has been scandal after scandal investigation after investigation he's never really had any peaceful opportunity during his presidency granted some people say it's his fault you can say that um and rightfully so he's made some pretty stupid decisions in his life hanging out with porn stars and michael cohen and um some of the Russian shit he says and some of the shit he does can really just mess things up that stupid call with Ukraine was just moronic but he's still the president and the law states if you're acting president you get to nominate Supreme Court justice you can't just leave it up to the next nominee to or whoever wins the election to make that if you're president when you can choose I think you should be able to do that and you just leave it up to the vote and if the vote passes then you get it I, I just don't um, I don't believe in like when you can't get your way you're gonna change the rules up because that's just moronic so that's a huge topic and people are going nuts and they're talking about um, overstocking over you know overloading the courts which means that they would nominate they would try to pass laws to nominate more judges and hopefully get more liberal um, to balance out what's going on because as you can tell you know Trump's gonna have his fourth nominee I believe or maybe third to Supreme Court which is unprecedented and then you have Clarence Thomas who is about to retire he's up there in his late 70s and you get yourself in that position my my rule of thumb though is you shouldn't sit on the Supreme Court until you die I think that they need to change that rule I think you need to be um, I think maybe till 80 we'll put it that way I think 80 years old you can you have to step down from the from the Supreme Court and because um, it's just it's it's crazy that it's like a it's almost like a royalty you know and at the same time these people are elected by the people and I think that once you hit a certain cap, you should. I think the same thing for president. You shouldn't have 80-year-old presidents running for office. You're going to put the country at risk with a, um, you know, and these are natural causes, deaths. It's not like these people just would die of um, anything else. I mean, these there, there's people that die all the time at 80. So you want to have a president who has somewhat of some youth in him to 
be that leader that you're looking for. I'm not saying that older people can't lead because you want someone with experience as well. I, I would put myself up with someone in their 60s. Um, I'd rather take their advice than anyone in, in their 30s to try to tell me how to run a business. So granted, it, it's you want that veteran leadership, but you don't want it to be to a point where they're um, so old, like they're, they're in their older age where it's just difficult to get anything done. So, um, you know, that's, that's, that's my thoughts on the Supreme court. Um, you know, Trump's talking about nominating a Latin female. That'd be great. It'd be two Latin, Latina females with Sotomayor. And, um, there's another Latina female that he's thinking about nominating. Um, as long as he stays away from any like religious cults, I'm cool with it. Um, and it's just, the world is so crazy. Like, who would have thought that um, we were like right before the election? It's just there's so many things colliding at this point. You got protests, you got the election, now you have Supreme Court justice, and you got all these other foreign affairs that are just going nuts. So again, we're in a really crazy time, and you need to educate yourself. You need to look at different news outlets. You need to have debates with friends. Um, these are the kind of things that are healthy. I don't think. I don't think you should just be quiet or I don't think you should not take anyone else's um, opinion. Usually when I discuss with someone who doesn't have the same opinion as me, first thing I do is listen because it's important and then you pause and then you just keep your cool. You never want to be the one that gets angry. And I got into it with my aunt and I was just like, man, you know, like you're going to help me win my point by how angry you're getting. So that's about it. I hope everyone has a good week i just wanted to drop this pod everybody stay safe we will hopefully get one done by the end of the week hopefully there'll be a game you know a six celtics game we can talk about by the end of the week so peace thanks for listening talk soon later